Romans chapter 12. It's actually going to be up on the screen for you. Romans chapter 12. I'm going to talk this morning about how to be an overcomer. How to be an overcomer. You know, there are going to be plenty of opportunities in your life and in my life for us to get bitter because people are going to hurt us and people are going to do wrong because we live in a broken world. And with the best intentions, uh, sometimes, and sometimes with the worst intentions, people are going to do us wrong. And we're going to have to uh, deal with it. Now, the world's going to tell us that, you know, what you need to do is when somebody does you wrong, you need to get even. And you need to get even quickly so that they understand that they can't mess around with you and you're not going to be anybody's doormat and all those uh, things. But God has a different way. Have you ever noticed God has a different way? God's way is always a better way. Sometimes you look at God's way and you think, what? How does that make sense? And it doesn't make earthly sense. But you know what you're going to find when you apply it? It's the best way. It's the best way. It works. You see, when it comes to people doing us wrong, our nature tells us, you know what? They do you wrong. You do, do, you do them wrong. Only you do it fast and do it twice as hard. So they know not to mess around with you. In fact, do you know that we love a good revenge story? We, we actually do. We love a good revenge story. I'm thinking about this this morning. I read a joke, uh, quite funny, but this, this baggage handler uh, was at the airport and he was <coughs> taking people's bags and putting them on, on the belt. And um, this man uh, with expensive bags was reaming him out. He was giving him a hard time. He had obviously dropped his bags or something and he was just, oh, listen, he was screaming at him in the airport, right? And the baggage handler did nothing. And so finally, the guy stomped off in a rage. <clears throat> and lady walks up behind him and says, you were brilliant. You, you never even got angry with him. You did not. How do you do that with people giving out to you all day long? And he says, oh, it's easy. He's going to New York, but I'm sending his bags to Brazil. <laughs> you see, in his own mind, he was getting even <laughs> before he started, right? Um, <clears throat> Yeah. How many of you have read the book or, or seen the film of the, the Count of Monte Cristo? It's a great story, isn't it? Uh, the story is actually about uh, this man who is treated very wrongly. Best friend betrays him because he wants uh, his girl. Uh, he ends up in prison. Uh, he ends up with a whole bunch of people doing him wrong along the way. And he ends up in prison. But in prison, he meets somebody who makes him aware of a vast fortune. And the guy is dying, so he tells him where it is. And he escapes from prison and he goes and he finds this vast fortune on an island and it's his. He is wealthy beyond belief. So he changes his name and he dedicates the rest of his life to getting even with the people that did him wrong. Now he does it in a very noble way and um, he does it like a boss because he really does it. <clears throat> but he spends the whole rest of his life getting even with the people who did him wrong. And you know what? You read the story and you can't help yourself. You think it's a great story. <clears throat> but you know, it's not a great story. It's doing exactly what God tells us not to do. Now, here's the thing. that <clears throat> The great stories, the great literature, and the great TV, and all the rest of it, and the great films will not tell you. They won't give you the full reality of what happens. You know, when you go for revenge, you always get hurt. 
Now, I know. You're a Christian, you say. So, you know, <clears throat> I may go for revenge, but uh, <clears throat> I, I will do it in a very Christian way. I will just pray hot coals down on their heads. I will pray they have a miserable time. I will, I will want them to get it. And, 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 you know, when they do get it, I will sit. And I won't smile because that's not nice. But you know what? I will enjoy the fact that they are getting trouble, that they are getting difficulties. And you know what happens? You end up bound in it. See, the world's wisdom and your sin nature will take you in one direction, but God says, I've got a different direction for you to go. I'm going to show you, God says, how to be an overcomer when people do you wrong. And being an overcomer is certainly not by getting revenge. It is not by getting revenge. Let's read our scripture and then we'll pray and then we'll dig into it. Romans 12, 17 through 21. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray. Father, would you bless us? Uh, Lord, we have a nature that constantly uh, drives us in the wrong direction. And Lord, we have your word before us. Lord, help us to take it on board and to live the truth of it, that we might enjoy the blessing that goes with living the truth. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. First thing we're told here in our passage is this. Uh, we're called to peace. Uh, verse 18 says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Do you know that you and I are to seek peace? That's not the way of the world, is it? Uh, we're to seek peace. We're to constantly want peace. We're to long for peace. Now, it's a fallen world, and peace is not always possible. But we're supposed to seek peace. Yeah, I remember to ask you this morning, was the Second World War necessary? You know, you would say, well, yeah, somebody had to put a stop to Hitler. He was going to destroy the world. And that's true. Somebody had to put a stop to him. But <clears throat> do you know that the peace that was gained by World War II had a high price tag on it? Do you know they say that between 50 and 80 million people died in the Second World War? <laughs> Most of them, by the way, were not German. In fact, almost three quarters of them were not German. You know, that yes, there was, there was a peace that had to be fought for, but it was expensive. It was expensive in terms of human life. And if you look back over the history of man, uh, you find that we're constantly doing that. We're constantly going to war with one another. And, um, you know, sometimes they're necessary. Sometimes you really look and you wonder, <clears throat> are they necessary at all? Um, but <clears throat> there's always a huge price tag on it. So who won the Second World War? Well, I suppose if the, if the aim was to stop Hitler on his rampage, then, you know, the, the Allies won the Second World War. But what a price. What a cost. What a turmoil uh, it shed on the world. <clears throat> you see, peace is not always possible. <clears throat> and sometimes you have to fight. But you know what? For a believer, that's not the last option. That's not the first option. That's not what you want to do. You want peace at all costs. You want peace in your relationships. You know, it's easy for us to go, uh, go to war in relationships. 
It's easy for us to have relationships and we get bent out of shape and we fight with each other. But you know what? What about the cost? What about the, what about the price? You know, you want to be somebody uh, who loves peace. You know, <clears throat> Uh, the, the Bible is, is realistic as far as human nature is concerned, and it says, if it be uh, possible, uh, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Sometimes it's not possible, but you know what? Going to war in a relationship, going to war uh, as a nation, going to war in your job, going to war in your family, going to war in the church, you know what? Every time those things happen, you know, the cost is huge. The cost is huge. And you know, you might win, but you will also lose. Always. God says, you know, listen, peace is a much better option. As much as lieth in you, uh, <clears throat> be at peace with all men. You're to be a peacemaker. Now, you know, one of the things that we have to have, we're going to be peacemakers, if we're going to live in peace, we have to be humble. Uh, <clears throat> if I were to say this to you, the Second World War was caused by pride, what would you say? It's true, though. In fact, every, every war there's ever been has been caused by somebody's pride. It's just true. Right? You see, the Bible says this, only by pride cometh contention. You know, <clears throat> every war, every strife, every difficulty, every family upset, every uh, relational problem, every church problem in the sense of <clears throat> where people go to war against it, it's all caused by pride. There's pride. And you know what? If we can be humble believers, don't end up with those difficulties and no problem. We don't end up bringing those things into our lives. You see, <clears throat> uh, we're supposed to be peacemakers, but you know, it's easy for a humble person to be a peacemaker. Because usually what happens is, you've you done me wrong, you've treated me wrong, I deserve better than that. My pride tells me that you are wrong, and I'm going to make sure that you know you were wrong, and it's pride. It's so often just pride. And if you would calculate the cost of it, you know what? You could climb down off your pride. And you would find life's a whole lot better when I do that. Now, <clears throat> let me say this about humility. And this is not a message about humility, but let me just say a couple of things about, about humility. Humility is you being honest with yourself. What do you deserve? Well, I deserve this, and I deserve this, and I... De no, what do you deserve? There's a God in heaven that says, you and I deserve hell. But you know what? There was a Savior that humbled himself, took our sin upon his shoulders, and paid the price for our sin on the cross. And based upon his humble sacrifice... I am going to heaven. Not, nothing, nothing good in me. Nothing, no, nothing good do I bring to him. It's all of him. It's all his hand, his power. It's all him working in me. <clears throat> Only by pride cometh contention. If I can humble myself, you know what? I don't have to face a whole lot of the difficulties I have in my life. Neither do you. I <clears throat> so, we're called to peace. We're supposed to be peacemakers. We're supposed to be lovers of peace, and we're supposed to uh, <clears throat> come for peace. Secondly, though, look at this. We are forbidden to take revenge. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. Now, 
<clears throat> the Word of God says, do not take revenge. You are not to take revenge. Not in any sense, in any way, are you to take revenge. You're, you're, you're just not to do it. Now, <clears throat> look, there's a lot of things in your life that you don't class as revenge, and so you give yourself liberty to do them. You know, <clears throat> um, uh, when somebody shines their light in your mirror as you're driving down the road and they get in front of you and you shine their, your light in their mirror, uh, that's revenge. <clears throat> now you say, no, that's just teaching them a lesson. That's, no, no, that's revenge. That's you taking revenge uh, for what they did on you, right? <clears throat> uh, when somebody does you wrong in a relationship and you take uh, and you do the same back to them, that's you taking revenge. Now be, be, you've got to be honest with yourself because Christians... <clears throat> We have the most wonderful ways uh, of kind of sanctifying our sin and making it look good in our own eyes so we don't feel so bad about it. And all we do is deceive ourselves. Listen, when you get even with somebody because they did you wrong, that's revenge. When you hurt somebody because they hurt you, that's revenge. That's what you're doing. You're taking revenge. You're, you're, you're dealing in revenge. John Kennedy said this. He said, don't get mad, get even. And we say, yeah. <laughs> now listen, you did. You did it before I, before, I, before I brought it to your attention. We say, yeah, don't get mad, get even. Uh, <clears throat> deal with the person. That's the world's wisdom. Don't get mad, get even. Deal with the person. Deal with the thing. Go after it. But <clears throat> the, the Bible says, no, you're forbidden to do that. Now, you can defend yourself. <clears throat> you can defend yourself, but you are forbidden to take revenge. You are never to take revenge. Now, let me say this, that when you take revenge, you usually make things worse. Have you noticed that? When you take revenge, you make things worse. You know, it's not like you can kind of deal with the other person and say, right now, I dealt with them, that sorted that situation out. Now they are humbled, they are on the floor, and they'll never do that to me again. Now, when you take revenge, the other person says, okay, I'm going to get him back for that. I'm going to get her back. That's just the way it goes. He says, uh, the, the, the word says, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. Now, that's kind of, kind of, make space for it. Make space in the situation for God to do his work. Do you know that so often when we take revenge, what we do is we circumvent what God is trying to do in our lives and in somebody else's life. We're going to get even. We're going to, we're going to sort it out. We're going to, it's, it's going to be done and dusted and dealt with, and it's sorted. Right? Back to our story about the baggage handler. Right? <clears throat> it's a great story because you know, the guy gets even. He gets his reward. But <clears throat> it doesn't work out like that. Now, I don't know the rest of the story. Right? It's, just a, it's just a joke. But you know what? I, I can tell you what happened. Right? Because I know people a little bit. You know the guy whose bag got sent to Brazil? When he found out his bag was sent to Brazil, he got in a high temper. And he made some phone calls. And he complained about this baggage handler. And I'm telling you, this baggage handler probably got in a whole heap of trouble. And if he was in the, if he was in the habit of doing that, he was going to lose his job. Because the airline is not going to side with him and say, well, we know he treats you wrong, so we agree with you. No, they're going to side with their customer and want their customer to uh, be a happy customer who will spend more money with them. And so your baggage handler is going to get... And you know, always when you take revenge, you make the situation worse. You never make it better. You never sort it out. You never deal with it. You never get it kind of sorted out so that it's no problem anymore. Always, uh, you make it work. <clears throat> you make it worse, right? And you block what God wants to do in the situation.
Do you know that God's good at his business? And one of the things he says he does is he does revenge. Not you. He deals with the situation. <clears throat> Do you know that when somebody does you wrong, God is always in the situation? Always. You say, no, hang on a minute. And you kind of get all bent out of shape about it because you're kind of getting bent out of shape with God as well because God's in the situation. But you know, God's always in the situation. God knows what it takes you to, takes to make you the Christian he wants you to be. He knows what it takes to make you like Jesus Christ. And he's very well capable of arranging some awkward people in your life to do some awkward things to help you get there. You've you got to get your head around that. You've got to come to the place where you understand that. You can't live your life you know, just, just you know, fighting against what happens in your life because it's not fair because uh, somebody did me wrong. Yeah, somebody did you wrong, but God is always in it. And if you give place to wrath, if you let God have his way in the situation, what you're going to find is you're going to find the situation works out far better for you and for the other people. You see, here's what we do when we take revenge. We become God for a minute. Don't we? We say, hang on a minute, God. Listen, stand back. Let me deal with this here. This, This is a problem. You're not going to deal with this quick enough. You're not going to deal with this right. I know how to deal with it. I will deal with it. And we go after the other person and we take God's place for a minute. And we've been troubling on our heads, is what we do. They need to recognize, hang on a minute, God's in this situation. What's God trying to do in my situation? And you see, because he's God, he's able to do a whole bunch of things that you can't see in any given situation. He's able to take and work in your life, and he's able to take and work in the other person's life, and a whole bunch of other stuff too. And there's a plan in motion that's set to do that. And when you take revenge, you upset that plan. You upset what God is doing in the situation. See, you and I don't live in a vacuum. You you and I don't live in a godless world. Oh, listen, it may be godless in people's minds, but you know what? As far as God's concerned, everything's under control. By the way, you need to remember that the world looks chaotic. You know, it's chaotic from this perspective. Uh, is there sin in the world? Yeah. Is there wrong going on in the world? Yeah. But you know what? As far as God's concerned, he's working it all out to his end. And the problems in your life and in my life this week, he's using those. He's working out those things in our lives, and he's working them for good. There's nobody getting away scot-free. God's working those things out for good. Next point is, Revenge is God's business, not yours. <clears throat> For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, said the Lord. Now, let me, let me, let me chase a notion away from you <clears throat> in this, because we all, we all kind of want to go with this, this, this notion from time to time. You see, when it comes to vengeance, we think, okay, well, I, okay. <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm, not going, I'm not going to take action. I'm not going to revenge myself, because God said don't do that, but I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to watch. I'm going to wait, and boy, are they going to get it from God. Boy, is God going to deal with them. Boy, is God going to actually come down on them and sort them out. And we kind of get like Jonah looking down on Nineveh, don't we? Okay, okay, so fi- I finally agreed, and I went and did what he told me, and I preached to those people. But you know what? <clears throat> They're too wicked. He, <clears throat> They're too wicked. He's, 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 he's going he's to judge them anyway. And Jonah goes up on the mountain to look at, see what's going to happen. And you know what? God doesn't do what Jonah wanted him to do. 
And Jonah's mightily bent out of shape with God. We're like that sometimes. And maybe you've done that in the past, and you know you think, well, well you know, God didn't sort out the situation, so you know that just makes me all the more <clears throat> uh, sure I have to deal with the situation because if I don't deal with it, nobody deals with it. And you know, God, God, I don't know what His plan is, but He doesn't actually come to the, come, come to my aid and deal with the situation. Let me say this: vengeance is not about you getting satisfaction. That's not what it's about. What God is dealing with is way too big to narrow it down to your little life and you getting satisfaction. It's way too big for that. God's dealing in the situation. You see, it's God's business to do vengeance and he does it very well. In fact, it's his special ministry. See, this is a sin-cursed world and you've got sin all around you all the time. It's just there. It's a reality. You've got people doing wrong all the time. And if God was to do what you want him to do with the people that do you wrong, he would probably just wipe them out. And he could. But that's not his purpose in this world. That's not his plan in this world. God's got a much bigger plan than that. And, and you need to get on board with God's plan because God's not getting on board with your plan. You need to recognize that God's got a plan that he's uh, working it out. And you know, whenever you get to the place where you think, okay, okay, all right, I'm going to leave it in God's hands and he's going to deal with it and I'm going to be happy because he's going he's to make them pay. They did me wrong and he, <clears throat> God's going to make them pay. You are always in a bad place. Because it's not about that. You see, God takes people that do wrong and works in their lives. You say, but that's not fair. Oh, hold on a minute. Didn't he take you? Haven't you done wrong? You say, well, I've never done anybody any wrong. You know, that's really not true. Every time you do wrong, you do people wrong. It affects everybody. <clears throat> but you know, <clears throat> God takes people that do wrong and works in their lives. God took a man who murdered somebody in cold blood family wept, I'm sure. Children were raised without a dad. And he made him one of the greatest leaders of all time. A man called Moses. God didn't look at his sin. God didn't look at him and say, right, that's it. I'm going I'm to wipe him out for that. I'm kind of glad he didn't. You know, if God was to get really hard on taking vengeance on us for every wrong we do, there wouldn't be any of us here. We'd, we'd have been wiped out long ago. God is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's got a different attitude. He's got a different outlook as far as vengeance is concerned. <clears throat> King David uh, <clears throat> did wicked things and ruined his reputation. But you know what? God used him still. God used it in his life. And God took Peter when he failed. And he recommissioned him. You and I have said, hey, bye-bye, Peter. You're a failure. God recommissioned him. And by the way, <clears throat> here's what we like to do. We, 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 we like to think, well, you know, God was kind to these people, and then they became brilliant. No, they didn't become brilliant. None of them became brilliant. They all had their problems, even afterwards. I was very faithful in recording the fact that uh, the heroes in the Bible are not heroes at all. 
God's the hero. Uh, these people all had their problems. They all got it wrong. They all messed up again, even after God uh, sorted them out. But you know, God still took and God used them. Do you know the people that mess up and mess your life up sometimes? God wants to work in their lives. Now, he won't force them and they may not let them. But he doesn't want to destroy them because they messed you up. Now, will he, does he care about you? Will he work in your life? Of course he will. You know, when you come to the place where you let go of revenge and put yourself in his hands, you know what? It gets good. You become, we're going to see, an overcomer. And you know, if you didn't have anything to overcome, you couldn't be an overcomer. So he wants you to be an overcomer, so he, he works it out so that you can. Um, he took Paul. When Paul was a persecutor, a murderer of Christians, and he used him to be one of the the greatest missionary that's ever put shoe leather on this planet. He took Paul and he used him. You see, God sees what you and I don't see and he knows the motives of the heart and he takes all that into account and he deals with situations. But when you and I either take revenge ourselves, right? We got all bent out of shape. We want to take revenge. We want to make sure this thing gets nailed. We want to make sure uh, this person pays for what they did. We always get it wrong. And when we come to the place where we, where, we, where we very, very spiritually back off and say, okay, we'll let God deal with them. But he's going to deal with them just exactly the way I was going to deal with them, only harsher because he's God. When we take it on ourselves, you know what? We always get messed up. And you see, bitterness is one of the things that destroys human beings. Some of us are going to stand before God and God is going to, <clears throat> in that day, uh, when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know what we're going to realize? I spent most of my life bitter. I spent most of my life bent out of shape about the things people did me, the wrongs people did me. And do you know that when you're bitter, you can't serve Him? You can't love, you can't worship, you can't help anybody when you're bitter. You're just consumed in your own pain. You, you, you can't turn it around and get out of it. There's got to be a way out of this thing. If we're going to serve him effectively in a sin-cursed world, there's, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way out of it. You see, <clears throat> we need to leave revenge to him. You know, Jesus was the perfect example for us on the cross. Jesus, first of all, he prayed for the forgiveness of the people that were putting him on the cross. How do, how do you do that? You know, uh, <clears throat> while the nails are still in your hands, the blood is still flowing, and the pain is excruciating, and you're, you're breathing, painfully breathing your last. How do, you, how do you ask forgiveness for the people that did it to you? Whoa, that's overcoming, isn't it? But he did it. But you know, what he, you know what Peter tells Peter says that when he was reviled, he threatened not but trusted himself to him that judges righteous judgment. Do you know how he escaped it? Put himself in the Father's hands. This is not my deal. I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to sort them out. Lord, Dad, this is your problem now. I'm, 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 I'm not going to try and deal with this. I'm going to leave it in your hands. And spiritually, he stepped away from it. Emotionally, he stepped away from it. 
And you know, if there's any moment you could admire the Lord Jesus Christ, it's the moment when he's hanging on the cross. Because he's the master of everything. And even in that awful moment, he's not succumbed to it. He's not a victim. He's not feeling sad and sorry for himself. Even in that awful moment, he's bigger than it all. He's an overcomer. He's the overcomer. Now you're going to say to me, but you know, you, you don't understand what's been done to me. No, I don't. But he does. Bible says, in all points, he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. And he says, therefore, we can come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain help in time of need. He understands. He knows exactly where you've been. He knows your pain. He knows it. And he's been through worse. And he says, don't worry about it. I can take care of it. And you need to run to him with your pain, but you can't take revenge. You need to leave revenge in his hands. He's the only one that can handle it. See, there is a better way. And the better way is love. The better way is love. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Your nature is to get even. Your nature is to make that other person suffer. Right? <clears throat> you know, very subtly, because you're a Christian and you don't, want to, you don't want to look like you're being mean or bad, but very subtly, you want that other person to suffer. So you, you have your ways. For you make that other person suffer and, um, <clears throat> you know, you, you make them feel uh, w- what they've done to you. But the overcoming way is a totally different way. If your enemy hungers, feed him. Do you ever have somebody who you'd made yourself an enemy of and they took care of you? That's a bit weird, isn't it? If he thirsts, give him to drink. That, that, that's, that's really weird. Don't, don't you understand that if, if I feed my enemy and give him drink, then he's going to get strong and he's going to hurt me again? That's possible. But it's right because that's what God says do. It's right because that's what God says do. See, it flies in the face of common sense, but you know what happens when you do this? It changes you. And it's the best way to go about changing them. You see, fist against fist never changes anything. Never. You know, you, you, you don't beat the other person into submission. You don't get them to a place where they, where they cry. Oh, it doesn't happen. It may happen in a wrestling game, match. It may happen in, in a judo uh, tournament. But you know what? It doesn't happen uh, in real life. People don't come to the place where they say, okay, okay, okay. They don't do that. Fist against fist never works. And it never comes uh, to the place where you want it to be. And, and, and even if it did, it would just make you proud. But do you know when you do feed your enemy and you give your enemy to drink, you know what? You get like God. Because didn't he feed you when you were his enemy? And didn't he give you drink? And didn't he die for you when you were his enemy? He did. He took very good care of you in spite of the fact that you didn't care at all about him. 
He looked after you. He took very good care of you. Um, <clears throat> Matthew 5, let me just read it for you. You can look it up for yourself. The end of Matthew 5, uh, <clears throat> verse 43 says, You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. And he tells you how to love your enemies in verse Matthew 5, 44. He says, Bless them that curse you. Speak well of them that curse you. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Somebody hates you, do good things for them. Feed them. Give them drink. Do them good. <clears throat> uh, do good to them uh, <clears throat> that, that, that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Somebody who's using you, persecuting you, making your life hard, pray for them. Now, now listen, don't, don't pray lightning bolts down on them. Because <clears throat> right? you can kind of fool yourself sometimes. Yeah, I'm praying for them. I'm praying to get, get sorted out and get right and so on. No, pray for them. They're not saved. You want to pray for them for their salvation. Listen, let me, let me say something to you. If there's somebody in this world that you wouldn't pray for them to be saved, you are wrong. You are just wrong. There's, there's no way around that. They may have done you terrible wrong. You need to pray for their salvation anyway. You need to pray for God to bring them <clears throat> to salvation. But <clears throat> you know, no matter what somebody's doing, you, done, you need to be praying good for them. You say, that's so hard. I know it's hard. But you know what? It's actually easier than you going down the way of revenge and getting your own way. Pray for them. <clears throat> um, verse 45 says, That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. And I'm just so glad he did. Because I'd have starved to death before I ever got to salvation, and so would you. He takes care of the good the, and the wrong. He takes care of all of us. He didn't understand. He, he, he does that. Uh, <clears throat> then verse 46 says this, For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? You know, here's what we do. We pride ourselves on being loving and nice people to those people that are loving and nice to us. And we think, aren't I great? I am such a good friend to the people who are friends to me. And, and Jesus says, yeah, so what? Even wicked people do that. It doesn't take, doesn't take any, any, any special power to do that. It doesn't take any special power for you to get along with somebody who treats you nice and is nice to you. I mean, that, 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 there's nothing great about that. If you love those that love you, so So what? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so. You know, you're nice to the people that are, are nice to you, but those people that are mean to you, 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 you wouldn't say a nice word to, the, to them or about them in a fit. Verse 48 says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. That's how you overcome. You do what God would do in the situation. And you know what you find? You find he's there. His power is there. His presence is there. He's there. He's in your life. He's got his hand upon you in those moments. You know what? When you decide, I'm not going to deal with the wrong they did to me in the way of the flesh, in my own way. I'm going to do it God's way. 
I'm going to love. I'm going to uh, speak well of them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to do good things for them. When you do that, you become an overcomer. You become an overcomer. You become somebody who actually overcomes the situation. And you're like your heavenly father in that. Now, look, you and I want to. We want to be like our Heavenly Father. That's in us. But you know what? We have to overcome evil with good if we're going to do it. Be an overcomer. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Listen, God makes it possible for you to be an overcomer. Taking revenge just makes you bitter, not better. Waiting on God to take revenge for you just makes you bitter, not better. And you know what that'll do? That will just snarl up your life in hatred. And you know, <clears throat> hatred doesn't help anything. It doesn't help you, it doesn't help the other person, and it certainly doesn't get you anywhere with God. But God says there's a better way. You can be an overcomer. You can love your enemies. And it helps you to overcome them. And let me <clears throat> just show you what else is possible. Look at <clears throat> verse 20 again. It says, Therefore, if that enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Now, coals on fire puzzled me for a long time, but I think I understand what it means. So coals on fire is somebody on somebody's head is those sharp darts in their mind. I, I, I did him wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Do you ever have that in your life? Do you ever do wrong and, and, and you, know, you go to bed at night and it keeps coming back at you? And you did somebody wrong and, oh, and you feel bad about it? Do you know that when you get out of the way and you love those people that have been anything but loving to you and <clears throat> when he's hungry, you, you take care of him. When he's, when he's thirsty, you take care of him. That you, you love him. That you, you bless him. You speak well of him. You, uh, you, know, you, you do good to him. You pray for him. You know what happens? God's at work. And God's in the business of changing people. And he's good at it. And God can change that person. You can't. Oh, you and I like to think we can, don't we? We can't change anyone. But God can change people. And when you do things God's way and you get out of the way and you stop getting <clears throat> bent out of shape and you stop getting angry and you stop getting bitter and you treat things God's way, you know what? You'd be amazed at what God could do in the situation. Now, you've got to genuinely leave it in his hands. It's not, oh, okay, okay, I get it, I get it now. So A, B, C, and they'll change. No, it's not like that. You just get out of the way. Leave the situation to God. You do what God says you do. You're going to be an overcomer. Whether they change or not, it's not the issue. You're going to be an overcomer. If you will just walk with God in the situation. You see, here's the thing. Everybody has their troubles. Everybody has their problems. Everybody has their people that cause them difficulty. Everybody, everybody, everybody. And you know what? Not an accident. God's put, put some things in your life because what he's saying to you is 
I, I want you to overcome. I, I want you to be like me, son. And he's making it possible. It's actually a gift from your father. And he's making it possible for you and I to be like him if we'll just reject the world's thinking. No, I'm not going to get even. No, I'm not going to get revenge. No, I'm not going to wait for God to take it. I'm going to give it to him. And I'm going to love. And I'm going to do good. And I'm going to speak well. And I'm going to pray for her. I'm just going to leave it in his hands. That's when you change and you let God loose to change the other person too. Let's trust him. Vengeance is not my business. It's his. Let's leave it with him because he's good at it. Let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for this <clears throat> day and thank you, Lord, for your word to us and all blessed spirit of the living God. Lord, we need to respond to you. We need to deal with you. We need to let go of things. Now, Lord, would you bless your people, Lord? Would you work in our hearts, Lord, as we take these moments and deal with sin before you? Let's just take a moment and the piano's going to play quietly for us and you just deal with God. And if God has pointed out something in your life that needs to be dealt with, let go of, given over to him, then do it and be an overcomer. Just take this moment and do it. If there's something you feel, I, I'm not able to. Cry out to him and tell him you're not able, but you're willing. Will he help you? He'll help you. Please don't go away today bitter with somebody. There's no need for it. It'll destroy you. Do business with God. As the piano plays quietly, just you and God alone. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for setting your people free. May we walk in freedom with you, Lord, as overcomers. In Jesus' name, amen.